Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, another episode, Sue. Is this another episode of the Magnificence Lab? Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I'm losing count now. We've done um, some different shows and some different things. And so, I, but I know we're in the beginning here, the beginning journey of this conversation of the Magnificence Lab. And um excited to talk today about the mag- the magnificent misery or, or magnificent mess, whatever we choose to call this. Sure. Um, yes. That we all get to see right now. We turn on our phones or our computers and the news and we get to see all the, <laughs> the magnificent misery <laughs> that's all around us. Oh, exactly. <laughs> we don't have to go far to, to find it or, or uh, have it come across some kind of news feed or whatever. And, and even, even though I don't often listen to all of that, I still, yeah. I don't listen to most of it, but it still mm-hmm. creeps up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if it does, and if I'm not the one looking at it, I know when I talk to my mom, she's bringing it up. <laughs> you know, it's like the people in your life will bring it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's exactly right. And it's interesting how I was having a, a lovely conversation with some, some very um, fun women the other day, and they, and, and, and it crept in because life mm. takes us oh. over sometimes, doesn't it? That yeah, you know, no matter right. how positive we are, or how forward thinking we are, or, or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the quintessential Pollyanna kind of person, mm-hmm. still, that what's going on is tough for people and yeah. and and it's hard to kind of wrap our heads around all of that yeah right yeah i think um you know i think the heart of this this work that we've been creating for the magnificence lab has been around you know finding change makers um people who feel curious at heart and are heart centered uh, but they want to make a difference for themselves and and make a difference for others. I mean, that's really who this conversation is for. And I think, I think we can tend to be more positive than most. Yes. Um, I think that's partly inherent in the nature of a change maker. But I also think that we can find ourselves in our own magnificent misery. It may not even be the misery of the world and the news. It might just be the the circumstance of our own life. And that yes. can be, that can feel like magnificent misery, you know? Oh, oh, exactly. <laughs> Magnificently miser- miserable. <laughs> I was there just two and a half years ago. I was there. Yeah, yeah. And and I I I confess I've probably been on that roller coaster more times than and I hate roller coasters. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like getting on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the, you know, the up might be quite exhilarating, but that downward, wow. Yeah. I feel like right. quite a drop sometimes. I was just talking to somebody today in a different community where, um, you know, I, re- I really relate to this conversation of change being something that's, it's a pioneering conversation. You know, you're, yes. you're to, to create heaven on earth is something new. Like, you know, it's heaven on earth is not going to come from the old systems being, you know, modified or tweaked or bettered. Oh, no. You know, there's no six sigma six for this kind of uh this is like something new that needs to get created. And I think that in itself can be magnificently miserable. Like yeah. there is a how do I do this kind of a question? And there's not a lot of social agreement or cultural agreement for you to go out and change it the way you see to change it, you know? Hey, I have an idea. And everybody everybody in your life's like, mm, good luck. You know, that's right. I'm going to write a book, but nobody bought it, you yeah. know, yeah. I'm going to write a blog post or have a podcast, but nobody, nobody listens to it. <laughs> <laughs> so much for change. Yeah, exactly. 
you know? And then you think, am I an idiot? Am I just, am I fooling myself? Am I like, am I just that far gone or that optimistic? Like, I just, this is what I've wrestled with. I wonder if that's true for you too, but. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Because it's, it's, it just seems as if it's so easy to get wrapped up in whatever's going on around us and particularly if things aren't going well Mm -hmm. then then there's all these paths and and it seems as if there's no way out it seems as if well well where do we go and and so often we're looking for a place or a situation or an event or something to change like could something please shift Mm. when I guess what I've discovered for me personally is is the change has to start inside me that that how can I find my heaven on earth regardless of the circumstances in my yeah. life right well that's interesting I mean I would guess anybody that I would think anybody that's a change maker that is sort of wired like you and I are wired or on the path you and I are on have had experience with trying to reframe things and and you know, working on ourselves to get to that place where that misery inside is somewhat mitigated or somewhat dealt with. But I mean, I know, I know I still, it's not an unconscious competence where I just naturally reframe things easily. There's still a conscious choice to be like, this thing is needling me or irritating me. And I'm now going to reframe that so that I'm not um, yeah. disempowered in my own, my own heaven on earth. What is, you know, what does that look like yeah. for me? Oh, for sure. For sure. How do you do that, Sue? How, what are what are some of the things you do that help you reframe? Oh boy, well, misery. It was it was interesting that that I was I guess I was brought up that that it, the watchword was everything in moderation, mm. and and so you could you could be happy but don't be too happy. You could be excited but don't get too excited. You could mm-hmm. and and mm. um, it was really to diminish like don't be angry you know don't don't be sad Mm. and and so Mm. I had all of these these sort of people pleasing things that I learned over time that I realized didn't serve me and and just this last week I was listening to uh I think an ebook and or an audio book and they were talking about anger being a very healthy emotion and I'm going what (laughs) what do you mean yeah, I have anger. I've been angry. And, yeah. right, you know, right to the point of rage. And I'm going, I don't know about that. And, and then I, then I, I, I had a good think about it. You know, like, mm. okay, what, what if anger was a healthy emotion? Like, what could it help me do? Mm. Or how could it help me be different than I am now? And, of course, I thought, I thought back to, to a couple of times when I've been really angry at someone else and and I sure got my house clean fast (laughs) (laughs) nice it was just that energy just Uh fueled me to the point of of I got this done I got this done because I'm raging about this right yeah right and so but but it still didn't feel okay to me because I thought, well, am I deficient because I have this anger? Because I was never really allowed to have it. That's but of course, if, if it's a um, if it's a healthy emotion, then what do we do with it? You know, mm-hmm. how do we? And and of course, if it's expressed without hurting yourself and without hurting anyone else, then 
it's a it's a natural part of us that that um uh so so in dealing with it i i really began to allow myself Mm -hmm. to be okay with it and say oh well there's another part of sue yeah you get mad sometimes (laughs) and out it comes and and so you know i'm mindful that that to not um pair the feeling so much with the action you know i might feel like grabbing my baseball bat and doing some damage but as long as nice. i don't follow through wow. on that <laughs> love it i would like to see that by the way i would pay for tickets if you if you ever do that please zoom please zoom me in <laughs> right. uh, what what i think i need to make it a healthy choice is to get a, a great big pillow there you go <laughs> Just... <laughs> go to town Just go to town on it there's there's my uh uh, my intensity workout, right? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen those um, different places where you can like destroy things like rooms where you can take a bat or throw plates or beat in TVs or have you oh, seen no, these I places? Haven't. Oh, oh I yeah. Haven't. Yeah. They're totally, they're, they're around. They're like these therapy places yeah. where you just get to go in and destroy stuff. And it's, you know, in the name of like releasing so that you have a release rather than a bottle bottling it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's really interesting, but yeah, that's right. Well, and I think the, the in letting it out in expressing it then then the energy around that dissipates and and i know for me then i get an opportunity to think through it all again because i i released the emotion it's that it's that safety valve like the like the pressure cooker you know i have my little hissy bits yeah yeah right (laughs) right right and then i'm oh okay now now i have some equilibrium and and i'm yeah i'm ready to go again I like that. If I think about if I think about heaven on earth and what it's not, I don't think it's a bunch of suppressed people putting a smiley face on for each other and bottling up their anger. Like there that there is a a suppression. I don't think heaven on earth is a bunch of, you know, emotionally constipated people smiling at each other. You know. No. <laughs> I don't think that's but it's helpful to hear like, you know, to, to, for you to share the thing about the rage and anger and that emotion and letting it out is helpful f- in thinking about like, where does that have a role or where does that go in a, in a, if we're living in a space called heaven on earth, maybe, maybe that looks like, you know, there are, if we fast forward into the future and we think, oh, well, what we've been, been what we've been able to do is we've, as a society we've learned because as individuals we've learned you'd have to at the individual level then a societal level but we've learned how to deal with our our rage yeah and let it out and and then notice it and and process it and 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 not let it not in a way like have it harm others or ourselves but but that there's a relatedness to that emotion Oh, sure. Seems probably like a good piece here to go to work on. Like if, you know, whether it's in the lab or just in the conversations at the from the lab that spill out into our family circles or friends, that there's a new consciousness about anger and rage and how do we process that? Because if we don't deal with that, I don't think heaven on earth is possible. No. Oh, no. Well, in a couple of the, the audiobooks I've been listening to lately talked about trauma. Mm-hmm. as at mm-hmm. the root of an awful lot of triggers that we get when we're when wow. we're older and 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 we've seen some public figures get triggered mm-hmm. in such a way that yep. that 
the end result was not pretty and and it caused caused some damage right well where did the trigger come from and so they were talking about how so often there's a there's been this not only a suppression but a repression hmm. of of what happened to us often when we were very small wow. and and of course we learn early, you know, um, I, I was brought up in the uh, children should be seen and not heard yep. era. Yep. And <clears throat> so there were a variety of ways that we were repressed in mm-hmm. and, and, and we had to, you know, <laughs> suck it up. Buttercup was, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, if you're feeling sad or feeling bad, suck it up because there's work to be done here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going, I don't think that's heaven on earth to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's so funny. I, yeah. I, I remember um, I had a um, estranged relationship with my dad, I would say. Um, he was married to my mom through high, up, up until high school. Then they got divorced. He was an alcoholic. So, and he would, you know, do work in his basement. He was 48 when I was born. So um, he was, you know, I mean, that's, that was compared to my friend's dads. He was much older. He had four kids before me who were much older. And I, you know, I think he was probably same era, right. Of like a kid should be seen, not heard kind of a thing. So that was just his worldview. I think that was just how he did it. But I, as this Gen X kid, you know, just felt like, you know, you don't come to my games. You don't really tell me you love me. You you don't seem like interested in me. And so I had this chip on my shoulder just about who he was for me growing up. And I remember having this fallout conversation with him. Like, um, you know, I was just like, you, you were never the dad that I wanted or needed. And he goes, well, you could have done a lot worse. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, that was not what I wanted to hear. Right. I was like, <laughs> I want you to hear me. I want you to get what I'm saying to you. And his response was, you know, well, you could have done a lot worse. (laughs) Which, I mean, it's kind of that whole suck it up thing, you know, like who cares what you think or don't think like you could have done worse or people starving in Africa and, and you're sitting here complaining about, you know, how you didn't feel loved. I I don't, I'm not saying that he's right. I'm, I'm actually, I'm just saying like, to your point, and I think there's a lot of people who say, well, yeah, we'll suck it up and grow up and get, you know, grow some thick skin. But I, I think there's, this is what we're wrestling with in the conversation of what is heaven on earth? Like is heaven on earth, a bunch of people sucking it up and not being truthful about what would feel good and what, what their desire is, what I really want. Yeah. So you have a bunch of emotionally stymied people walking around, sucking it up. I don't think that's heaven on earth. Well, no, no. And, and <clears throat> I think the buildup of that inside of inside us, and when of course we're those of us who who are there to to make change and help others to make their own changes, mm-hmm. there can be a stuck place that that unless it's addressed, unless it's dealt with. I mean, that's that's why there's therapy is for, so that people can get to the the root yeah. of the matter, the heart of the matter, and and sort themselves out. Well. We can do a lot of that ourselves if we're open to it, because um, each of us, I mean, doesn't matter the circumstances, pain is pain. Right. And, right. And so whether whether it was a little trauma or a, or a humongous trauma, the pain that we feel is consistent throughout humanity, I think. Yeah. And, and so it's it's part of it, I think, is that that at some point we need to see each other and say, hey, mm. I 
I, I can relate to your pain just as you can you, yeah. you say well you can relate to mine too because we've all yeah. had those issues and and mm. I think in mm. moving forward it mm. it needs to be acknowledged we can't hang out in denial say no no I had a happy childhood well <laughs> yeah that's good right I like that I like that I mean that reminds me of the toxic po- positivity conversation where like you know, you're talking over the truth of what happened for you and and dismissing the experience in the name of having a high vibe, you know, a high vibration, which I, I'm a high vibe person. I'm like, I want to hold that end of the stick. I want to spend time thinking about and feeling good about things. But I also don't think that means to turn a blind eye to and be out of touch with the misery that's there, the the magnificent misery or mess that yeah. surrounds us i think there's a way to process maybe it is um mm-hmm. not integrate but like transmute or something about yeah be with that because i think to not be with it and put a smiley face on it is now to to suppress or play on top of a festering something you know oh oh for sure yeah yeah and and in the long term, I mean, it doesn't serve because there's this underlying dis-ease. Yeah. There's this, something's not quite right. And and if, right. if I, but I don't want to deal with it right now, or I'm too busy, or I, I got to put food yeah. on the table or all those things that get in the way of us looking at, at our yeah. circumstances and saying, right. well, <clears throat> and then the, so these little, little pockets of hell, you know, <laughs> <laughs> pockets of hell. That's another good title. Pockets of hell. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. That's right. And we smile until we until we burst a pocket of hell. And then and now it's like, ah, I don't you know, I don't know what to do with this thing, you know, and so we spend time put building, you know, creating pockets of to hold our hell, you know, that away (laughs) and not deal with it. Well, that's right. And and it's a it's very much a. um, a revealing process to to reveal yeah. some of that and, and and it takes courage you know it's yeah. not not for the faint of heart and not everybody wants to go there i i'm aware of that and and there's been times in my life where i just yeah well i guess if i'm all messed up <laughs> yeah. i just leave that alone and carry on here the best i know how to do it and then and then i it wouldn't leave me alone though because i i wanted to know like I really wanted what makes me tick and why yeah. is this way? Is it this way instead of that way? Why am I thinking this instead of that? And, and yeah. so I became a you know voracious reader and as well as a, an experiencer to say, well, okay, bring me some of these experiences so I can try some of these things on. And little by little, I get this glimmer of, okay, that's heaven to me. Oh, that's heavenly. Oh, that I felt really good doing that, or yeah. or being that, or or whatever. And <clears throat> I wonder what the um. You said not everyone wants to go there, and I I wonder like, is heaven on earth even possible if people aren't willing to go there? Because otherwise, what you end up with is now we're back to suppression. We're back to um not owning our human experience like heaven on earth if we're spiritual beings having a physical experience that's in essence what we're saying heaven on earth like Mm -hmm. something spiritual that is bigger than us being experienced on a physical plane like that's heaven on earth right and yeah i think 
if I'm not willing to be, if I don't know who I am, so I'm afraid of my emotions or I'm afraid of whatever the thing is I'm afraid of, mm-hmm. then then my life becomes a avoiding the pain, which is not heaven on earth. I don't think experiencing heaven on earth is a is an experience of avoiding things. No. I think it's an experience of creating things and inviting things. And, you know, so I'm just, so anyway, so my question becomes, I, you know, if not everyone wants to go there, I wonder what would have to shift between here and there. Whenever we all get to experience that, what would have to shift for people to, from an early age, be willing to go to the mess, be willing to go to the thing that they need courage for thoughts on that. Well, It, it, it might be sad to say, but life has a way of delivering two by four experiences mm, <laughs> that yeah. cause us to to stop avoiding and to stop being distracted by all of the things that that keep us from exploring ourselves. And really, I mean, we're talking about finding magnificence in us. If we are that big, bright, bold and beautiful, mm. well, <laughs> Why are we not just out there? You know, I, well, yeah. we're not because because when we came here, first of all, we forgot we were magnificent. Yeah. And secondly, there was this learning thing and, and we had no power as infants. And so we were s- subject to those who did have power and all the things that got dumped into our heads. Well, right. by age seven, an awful lot of that is pretty well set. <laughs> And so right. we we don't right. even know that we don't know right. who we are or why that's important or or whatever. And we might get glimmers along the way, but it's easy enough to just, well, I'll think about that later. I'm too busy right now and whatever. And then life happens. And in the form of some big adversity, a big tragedy, a trauma of some sort, that is a wake up call. And yeah. we still can stay asleep if we want to. Sure. But I, I've certainly noticed in my own life that that sometimes the wake up calls got a little louder and a little louder and a little yeah. louder and yeah. bam. And finally, okay, it's time to sort this out now. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of hear two things coming up for that in that for me. One is um when there is a cultural practice or expectation or agreement for dealing with the two by four, how we deal with two by four moments, mm-hmm. you know, like there's enough people talking about it. So it's not like, I don't want to look like the weak one or when I, so I'm, I'm going to just suck it up because I got hit by a two by four, you know, but that there's, and so if it's not acceptable for you to have pain or to not suck it up, then you're, you'll oftentimes suck it up because you don't want to be the one who's not being acceptable. Oh, exactly. This is not acceptable. But if our cultural, uh, how we start to behave with one another makes that okay, uh, ma- makes having the experience okay instead of your, the experience in your, you're having is not okay. That like to make it okay allows us to invite the lesson, the wake-up call, you know, instead of su- uh, missing it, suppressing it, skipping right. it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and, and I guess the, the stages of life 
have a way too. So you hit your, uh, you hit 30, then you hit 40, then you hit 50. Yeah. And, and maybe I, I meet enough young people these days who are absolutely convinced that, that if they just um, have, have the, the right kind of job and make the right kind of money and have all the right kind of toys, they're going to be happy. They're going to be happy. And 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 some of them come out of of extreme poverty, and and so this is a they, they got fire in the belly to get there for sure, sure. sure. And they make it, and 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 they get the, the they get the money, the you know six figure plus income. They get all the toys and the bells and whistles, everything that goes along with it, and and then they go inward and say, how come I'm not happy? Right. And so there's a wake up call, right, to say, wow, that society said if i just did yeah. all these things then i was going to be happy and i'm not so right. what's the problem here yeah which is uh you know another I, I had still have that second thought that came up for me there which i wrote down so i won't forget it but the, but what you just said then is another piece of that to me which is um having the conversations of what is happiness how do we define happiness and i I know there are some podcasts and different, there's different work out there around the conversation of happiness, but to have it be, to have that conversation grow so that it's louder and more prevalent in spaces that it's tough when you're in some, some form of capitalist or or free market where often what is rewarded in the game that people play is I got to make money. Yeah. I got to make money. I got to pay bills. I have a family. I got to make money. So we get very production focused and product happiness is a afterthought. Happiness doesn't pay my bills. Happiness doesn't put food on the table. So who cares about my happiness yeah. when I got to make money? And I think if the more we could talk about what happiness is and how, how we each define it for ourselves, you know, that would be something that feels like heaven on earth. If, if it was actual, if it was actually happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and, and you're, you're right, Chris, that, that the more often, the more of us have these kinds of conversations, mm-hmm. then, then it's, it's almost as if there's a societal shift that says, okay, now you have permission to seek happiness. You have permission to Think about heaven on earth. You have permission right, right. to explore yourself as more than what you thought you were. Mm. And, and mm. because it's it's not so unusual. It's not, yeah. not one lone stranger in the wilderness saying, hey. Right, right. right. There was, um, wow, almost 250 years ago now. That's kind of weird to say. Um, you know, when there was a um, a premise this country was built on uh my country was built on i'm in america and you're in canada but this experiment of the pursuit of happiness mm-hmm. um i i almost would reword that today because i feel like and maybe that made sense at the time to have it sound like that right because it was part of a free market it was part of like like there are things you do to pursue happiness and i think on this side of that 250 years later the emphasis has been on the pursuit, yes. right? Rather than the living in. And so the thing you pursue is always out in front of you because in order to play the game, you have to keep pursuing it. The minute you, you get it, you're not, you're not pursuing it. So there's just a lot of, I, I would, I would shift that language now to, I think there's a new oh, yeah. premise we could build on called, you know, living in 
happiness yeah. instead of pursuing it. Yeah. You know, oh, that's yeah. an interesting conversation on its own, but. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because you, you, you sometimes wonder in the pursuit. I know lots of things I chase after I never get. I never I, I I just keep chasing and chasing and chasing. And, yeah, that's my story. And, you know, and and you know, chasing the almighty dollar, chasing the you name it. And yeah. do I ever catch? Well, I might grab the the <laughs> the tatters of of yeah. the coattails. Right. And then it gets away from me again. And I uh I gotta get running. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because there's things attached to what we think happen. Like I'm, I'm clear. I read rich dad, poor dad in or my early twenties mm-hmm. and all the books in that series, cashflow quadrant, you know, um, all, all those books. And I started to think, ah, if I were financially free, look at all the things I could do. Yeah. And what that meant, how I translated that for myself was look how happy I'll be. When I have my financial freedom. And so 20 years later, pursuing this idea of financial freedom, which equated to happiness for me, although I was, I I had no joy. I was burned out. I was pretty cranky. Lots of anger was running the show. Like it just, but it was not, it, it wasn't healthy anger for me. It was productive anger but it wasn't healthy because I had no joy in what I was. I was like, what am I doing? What is this even for? I started a journey 20 years ago thinking this was great. And now I'm like, what am I doing? And who am I? It's funny how a simple choice 20 years ago can lead me down a road to be like, to be questioning who I even am. Who am I? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And And that was done out of like what I thought would bring me happiness. Yeah. 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 But okay. so the other thought that was there for me earlier was just that, in addition to having a conversation where you get hit by a two by four and it's safe and acceptable to process that rather than suck it up. The other thought that came to me was just the, those developmental years you were talking about and what, you know, as change makers in the conversation of heaven on earth, like what and how can we do things for kids in those develop and parents who have kids in those developmental ages up to seven, you know, what, what does that look like? What what kids stories are we doing? What edu- what's the education system do? Like, I think that would go upstream and sort of solve some of these things if we could. I don't know what that looks like fully, but that would be also interesting worth discussing. Oh, for, for sure, one of the most interesting questions that that um, in I think it was Gaber Mate's The Myth of Normal book, hmm. he asked his patients was think back when you were you were little. And and you were upset about something. Who could you talk to where you could just kind of just dump everything out, like just pour your heart out to that? Wow. Who, who was in your life that you could talk to? And I'm listening to him ask this question because he was interviewing a patient, I think. And hmm. and and my answer right away was no one. Yeah, me too. And and I've talked to two or three other people just recently with that same question. And they said, wow. no one. Wow. Well, what does that do to a child's sense of value and worth? There is no one wow. in my life as a little person that I can really yeah. be myself with and, and just be as vulnerable wow. as I feel. Wow. Wow. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, if you pull on that thread and you start to see like what else is surrounding that, you go, well, for my parents, um, my dad was buried and drowning in his work and his alcohol. My mom was, um, you know, at, she was a school principal, very successful in what she was doing. And I was a latchkey kid. Yeah. I mean, this is later, right? But now it's not up to seven years old, but even at seven years old, they both worked. I often mm-hmm. had um, a babysitter or some, somebody was watching me. Um, my parent, if I wanted to say to my parent, my dad was very impatient. So he didn't listen for anything. My mom, she, she was always so concerned and worried about stuff that she wouldn't, and very distracted. She wouldn't really listen. She'd be like, uh huh. And then like, you know, off she was to some other thing. And, and then any friends you have at that age, they don't know how to draw out of you. Those things they are just, anyway, just, it's so interesting to think people aren't set up. Adults aren't set up to let kids process and vent and share. No, no, that's right. There's not that level of understanding because, or that, that, that time in there, there the time is such a huge yeah, factor in that, yeah. that, that, well, yeah, I know you're, I know you're upset because your favorite something or other is in the wash, but just pick something because we're late. I got to get you to daycare right. so I can get to work. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. And, and you go, Whoa. Um, you mm. know, and, and, and we've become, I, I, I'm a little concerned that I see so many parents roaring off with their kids to six activities in the week. Sure. Yeah. So, who sits down to dinner anymore, who, um, you know, so the conversations are always in the car with fast food and you go, how is this serving these kids? (laughs) I I mean, I'll just, my, my devil's advocate on that is only like heaven on earth probably isn't everyone sitting down for meals, but you know, like you could have heaven on earth and place, you know, play soccer games six days a week, seven days a week. I think, I think maybe sort of what we've honed in on though, is the, the space to have a, conversation and to process that whether it's an adult or a kid that that when the magnificent misery two by four moment happens for you that what heaven on earth looks like is the space where we as autonomous empowered divine energy in this physical meat suit can process the experience we're having without it being not fast enough or too weak and wimpy or you know whatever it is that there's a space where we can process and transmute the experience we had and move on. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and have some understanding at whatever level we're at, whether we're little kids and yeah. can just get that anger out and yeah, it's okay to be angry and, yeah. and you're just not allowed to hit anybody or hurt yourself. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> and so you put the parameters on and, yeah. and, and that can hold true for, for any age that we, we learn yeah. how to how to talk about it and learn right. how to connect with each other in a way that's helpful, meaningful, all of those right. things for sure. Yeah. I think I mean, if I tried to wrap this up, I, I think it's um it's not just these kinds of conversations that I'm excited to explore in the Magnificence Lab community that we're creating, but what the conversations lead to in terms of how people the the new spaces people find to go make that change, you know, like maybe somebody's like, I want to start writing kids books or somebody says, I want to um, create a, a, a place to break dishes and beat up, you know, um, refrigerators with bats and, <laughs> you know, there's like a, a therapy room, you know, like, or I, I don't really know, but I think 
it's important for us to discuss it together so we so we can collectively begin to reshape a new game to play because the game we're playing in now i feel like keeps us in magnificent misery I, I think so too. And and when people start realizing that that they can create whatever mm-hmm. it is that's that's most um, wonderful to them, their their little piece of heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. You, you see the people who say, "Well, I, I love art, and I really want to communicate that to a group of people." And and or or I love scuba diving and mm-hmm. and and the wonders of the ocean. And well. <laughs> There's lots of ways to change the way things are and help people uh, get it. And of course, I mean, the the byproduct or or in that, because we're in the game Mm -hmm. of that is, is that we get the benefit ourselves too, because, because we're working in concert with others and bouncing ideas off each other and saying, you know, what do you think about this idea? Mm -hmm. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I love it. Well, those of you listening, if you'd like to learn more about the Magnificence Lab, you can go to magnificencelab.org forward slash invite. Um, you'll see a video there on that page with Sue and I explaining more about what the community is so you can see if it's a fit for you. And there's an application button just below that video um, if it feels like a fit. Sue, thanks for this. is a fascinating conversation. I can't wait for our next one. Me too. Absolutely. Who knows what we'll talk about? Who, who knows? And isn't that the point? I mean, I think heaven on earth is an iteration and a continued conversation of what's next. What else do we get to explore? So absolutely. Awesome. Thanks to everybody. Uh, take care. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.